This is the Complete Discography Podcast, where I, Darren Hupke, and my co-host, Austin Johns, break down the entire catalog of some of our favorite bands. Season one, we are focusing on the Alkaline Trio. We hope you enjoy the episode. Is this but, uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave it recording, and whenever it naturally starts, it will, I'll edit it from there. Okay, but, gotcha. Yeah, when was the last time you listened to it, start to finish? Start to finish, um, like Sunday, I think. Was oh, I should have thought about what day of the day is. Oh, it's Friday today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably been a couple of days for me. Been a few days, but before like that, when we were going to, I think it was last week. I had listened to it uh, pretty much every day for like for the first time in a while. You know, for for like a week straight, probably. You know. Yeah. Well, this is an album for me that's just. You know, it'll go out of the rotation, but um, maybe for like a couple months, but then still come back in and be, you know. I mean, yeah, it hadn't been out for like that's when I go back to quite a bit, but like um, before that, I don't think I'd listen to it for you know several months, probably. You know, yeah, four or five months, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure, but you know, within this year for sure, I'd, I'd kind of gone through like a trio sort of a like you know phase, like oh, I'd listen to those guys again, but um. <laughs> um yeah. All right, well, then I did want to ask, because I know for you and me, we did not listen to the album when it was first released. You know, we were, I was 12, so um, I think 12. Really? 12? 98, I think, is when it came out. Oh, okay. So what, you would have been 13? God, for some reason, I thought it was after that. Like, for some reason, I thought we were maybe, like, the beginning years of high school or something. But yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely when we got into them, both of us, but, yeah, but they, the album yeah. itself, yeah, October 98. So, yeah, so, yeah. let's Not do this for... on my radar in any form uh, when, that, when that came out. Yeah, but I think for the, the, the humor, uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be humor involved. Um, I will do this for every album, but, like, where were we when that album came out? So in 1998... Where, what were you doing? Where were you? What were you listening to? You know, if it wasn't oh, playing trio, you got, 1998. I mean, gotta... So I'm 13. Uh, <laughs> God, I'm 13 years old. So I'm definitely for sure living in like a, I couldn't say specifically where, but a trailer in like the middle of nowhere, Arizona. Yeah, good place. Um, God, and even more cringy is musically. <laughs> I was probably listening to like Kid Rock and like. <laughs> yeah, you were. Like, yeah, Lincoln Park possibly. I think might have yeah, been around that time too. I was. I was listening uh, to Lincoln Park. Yeah, I remember, like just really um, crappy mainstream, like you know, all music. I guess whatever. Corn, I think, was a big yeah, was a big one. Yeah, for you. Um, for me. Yeah, for me. Uh, never, never have I ever. Uh, but yeah, ninety eight. That was the year that I moved away. Um, like it was that fall break of school year that I would have moved away from living out in Arizona with you. Or not with you, but you know, like attending the same school and hanging. I thought out. it might have been. It wasn't the year before. I feel like it was seventh grade, wasn't it? Yeah, or, well, wouldn't ninety eight have been actually, seventh grade? Yeah, ninety eight, yeah. ninety nine school year for us would have been seventh grade, and then ninety nine, two thousand was eighth grade because I was like the class of two thousand in my uh, middle school or junior high out here. It's not lining I mean, up for you. No, that's it's, that's one year off. I think is what is that it? math is, but it's okay. Yeah, it's not. No. We don't really need to get into that. I don't think. Okay, yeah, I'm I don't pretty. Ninety eight, ninety nine is. Uh, I think that's ninety seven, ninety eight, maybe or something. I don't, anyway, of, uh, are you talking about of our age? Of like what year you were in the seventh grade? 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I'm, it's got to be 98, 99. Well, no, because then if you if you pursue it from there, then that means eighth grade is 99, 2000. Yeah. Then 2000, 2001, freshman year. Yeah. 2001 to 2002, sophomore. Mm-hmm. 2003 to 2004 is now junior. No, 2002 right to two, no, no. 2002 to 2003 would be junior, and 2003 to 2004, senior. You didn't scale that math up right. Say it again. 98, 99 in this hypothetical would be, yeah, seventh grade. Uh, 99, 2000, eighth. 2000, 2001, freshman. 2001, 2002, sophomore. 2002, 2003, junior. Yeah, I just missed one in there somehow. Yeah, you jumped the year. Uh, So I'm pretty sure that was it because that was like seventh grade for me. But but I remember at that time... Like school bus radio plan, we would listen to whatever was there. Often rap music, Power ninety two, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Occasionally, we'd get the all the alternative radio. Uh, and I think I remember at this time, like uh, Harvey Danger, like Flagpole Sitta. Uh, like You're I remember right liking that, that a lot. Yeah. Uh, Blink one eighty two would be on the radio. Um, That's never, for sure, yeah. Never Those had like the CDs or albums or anything at that time. Just I wasn't. I don't think. I guess I had a handful of like. I had some cassette tapes. I had Dookie on cassette and stuff like that, but I wasn't like avidly or actively buying new or recent well, music. Well, yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I did, did have, have some Blink-182 CDs along with a bunch more from just uh, the scamming of those, uh, those Columbia House uh, oh, free yeah, CDs. Buy 12 for one penny, you know, and then never pay for the back-end deal. Yeah, That's true. We did it, but that's how you got uh, a Kid Rock uh, album. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you mentioned Lincoln Park. I, th- I got in the Lincoln Park. Uh, I don't want to say I got into them. I bought that first yeah. album. I wasn't like walking around in a Lincoln Park T-shirt or anything. Uh, but that was that was definitely around the time that discovering music that you know was personally of interest and not just like force-fed to you type of thing. Like I guess a lot of stuff was still force-fed over radio. But you're, st- I mean, that was still kind of the age that you were like. I'm going to go where I want to go with what I like and, and everything. Yeah. But that was definitely the very, 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 very first moment of that. So a lot of garbage. Yeah. And it was way less easy to like do that at that time. Cause there, you know, unless you had money to just like buy, you know, records or whatever. So I remember a lot of times too, we would just kind of have like leftover, like, you know, a book of CDs that like my yeah. brother Greg maybe had. So he'd be like, Oh, Tupac, let's check this out. Yeah. You know, or like uh, all eyes on me. Primus, I guess we'll see what this is all about, you know, and like, you know, but you didn't really have a whole lot of like choice in, um, yeah, that's for sure, dude. Uh, we did buy a Spice Girl CD. That was that's true. One, yeah. I don't know how that happened? Uh, not for their music. Uh, some people may think otherwise. But all right. Well, then, then so that was '98. That's when the album came out. Yeah. That's what was going on with us? So when did you actually first like get this album, or maybe listen to this album? Maybe better way to put it. Do you do you remember? Um. I don't remember it. It was in high school for sure. At some point, it was probably like sophomore or maybe even like junior year of high school, I think. Um, and it was mostly because I had gotten into like Good Morning or like a, a more recent album that had maybe just came out of, around that time or something. And it, you know, it was just like, wow, I, I really like this album. I'm going to go back and try and like see what their other stuff's like and. Um, that was just a band. It didn't really matter how far back you went. It was still yeah. just like, for me, it was still just like, wow, this is really great, you know? Um, so, yeah, I can't re- somewhere in that time frame, though, for sure. Yeah, I think that's um, the same. I mean, I think, I swear, I think maybe, 
I heard them in a video game. I mean, I know that was like that was later that like Tony Hawk's Underground. They had a song like uh, Armageddon. I think was in the first Tony Hawk Underground. But um, right. but Tony Hawk obviously playing them as kids exposed to like some good music and everything. And I, the like Alkaline Trio always popped up. Like I always, I've heard of them, but I'd never actually started listening to them, but it was around that same time. It, it was before good morning. I think that we both got into them because I remember buying good morning, like new. Um, same. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely was like post uh, from here to infirmary release, but that's when I, you know, I had heard from here to infirmary. Like I really liked that. And this was the first album I got of theirs, like going back. Like, okay, cool. I got their new one. I like, or their newest one. Like, I like this. I want more. So then I went backwards. I remember buying this at a, a Hot Topic. And I don't know. Oh, like, wow. yeah. And, and even then, like, not because, like, the cringy, like, oh, like the that mall punk kid buying his, you know, everything from Hot Topic. But, like, there used to be always, or at least in my mind, they're always expensive going there. Like, Oh yeah, I would go to like you know the warehouse or Fye or whatever those like CD places we'd go to Tower Records like whatever like mm-hmm. those are places I felt like the prices were not too bad but I always remember um, when you'd look at Hot Topic it'd be like five bucks more a CD and it was really weird but I, I remember would... yeah there and uh, and Tower Records I feel like always had the inflated prices for some reason yeah but yeah. T- man Tower Records uh, Nicole uh, my wife I don't know how I introduce people like that on the podcast reasons uh but when she worked at tower records their employee discount was cost plus 10 percent or cost plus five percent or something like that so whatever yeah. it cost them to order it and then that minor markup so things were like really cheap like like movies uh like special edition dvds and stuff like that at the time like so cds like that's special ordered like they wouldn't be very expensive but uh yeah. then they went out of business and yeah um <laughs> But yeah, I, I remember I was I was going to like house sit for one of my aunts and um, driving out on the way, like there was no like record stores or any place to go out of the way. So like the only place I could ask to do was stop at a mall that was literally right off the freeway on the way out to their house. And I bought like this Alkaline Trio album, uh, an album by The Faint and mm-hmm. one other, oh, I forget the other one. Wow, I bought three, and I remember like, okay, cool. So I'll I'll be here for like a week. Here's some new music I can be bored and listen to, and just sit here and, and all that stuff. But I remember buying it then, and uh, obviously really liking it because I became a fan. But yeah, yeah, that was that was like 2000, <clears throat> late 2002 ish, maybe maybe early 2003, sometime yeah. over like a holiday break or something. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, previous to that, I don't know, maybe like they might have been something on like a compilation record. I remember getting oh, a lot of compilation true, yeah. CDs to try and like find new bands or, you know, stuff like yeah. that. But um, yeah. Or the old uh, classic in the liner notes, like looking who, th- what band thinked what band. And then when you yeah. saw a name pop up enough, you're like, all right, well, these three bands have thanked this band. Maybe it's worth trying to listen to them and see what they sound like. And I remember, it's funny because you actually have an AFI shirt on right now, but AFI would have just every single band that they ever yeah. maybe toured with or like ever like had any interaction with. So like there'd be so many bands that you'd be hoping would be somewhere similar in that vein or something you like. And there, you know, it would just run the gamut from like ska bands to like oh, yeah. you know, weird hardcore bands and I don't know. Yeah. So they were always a crapshoot. But yeah, that, that was definitely a move. Was to. I feel like AFI would think... Um like bands before them that helped inspire them as well as bands that they were like friends with that maybe they didn't care for and then bands they toured with and liked. So you would like, 
you couldn't always trust that. But that's why it was like when you saw a band's name like pop up through multiple different bands, like liner notes and all that stuff, it was like, oh, okay, maybe I can. They're they're all vouching for these people. Let me try these out. Oh, oh yeah, they're garbage. Whoops, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, cool. Well, yeah, that was uh, that was fun. I think we'll you know doing that for each album would be kind of fun because we we'll actually catch up to when the albums are actually released and you know true yeah them or hearing them as they were released i know for me alkaline trios i never really fell out of them at all like i i mean i've done that with other bands but like you know maybe i do stop listening for a little while but when that new album comes out i definitely am like on board with all right cool let's just you know kick in that last release while we're waiting for the new release and then i'll be excited for that new one um yeah i tend to listen to like there's been like, I don't think some of these albums, the newer ones that have come out, I don't think I listened to like right when they came out, even like I, I it dawned on me like a little bit later, like, oh, they have a new album. I should listen to that. Hmm. Um, I think My Shame is True. I think I listened to that when that like first came out. But what was the one before that? Um, Pre My Shame is True? No, no, wait. Sorry. Maybe I have the names wrong, actually. Which is the one with the eyelid to the FBI and. That's um, my shame is true. Yeah, that starts with okay, she that, that one's the one I did not listen to for quite a while after it came out. Even, but um, is this thing cursed? Is roasting that one? I oh, did yeah. listen to. I remember right when it came out and like, yeah. Anyway, yeah, same. I try to make it a point to to you know to listen to them. They're still one of my favorite bands. I mean, yeah, yeah. When you're mentioning is this thing's cursed, I did. Uh, I mean, my shame is true. Um, they did those. They did shows where they played at that time all eight of their albums over four nights. Yeah, and I went to that. I got to go to that twice because they played it in L.A. and then like five months later they did it again and did it in like Orange County and then Chicago and somewhere else. Um, but that was primarily where I listened to My Shame Is True, just because like I'd heard it a few times, but like I was mainly into like you know their older stuff and for some reason I just didn't ever get into like a daily habit to listen to that or like have that grow on me. But like, yeah, I remember literally hearing every single song on it live was like, Oh, well this is one way to like remember some of the songs. Uh, I wish I would have been able to go to one of those. I never actually got to, I mean, yeah. Yeah. They were cool. I mean, they did, they, I think they split it up the best way they could. Um, So if you were like a fan who, really only cared for half their library like you're still probably going to see one of those albums you probably like because they did the very very oldest and then the very very newest and then yeah. this next night was the second well, that's just good marketing you're forcing those uh, ticket sales that way yeah, yeah that's yeah. true that's true <laughs> but yeah that first night was uh the they started with my shame is true and that was the first album they played and then, then they ended it with God Damn It, and they played all of God Damn It. So it was like, all right, cool. Well, you know, I got this new stuff out of the way. All right, cool. Get to the old stuff. That's all we're here to see. Uh, or at least all those fans who like to treat it that way, they were excited for them. Um, but yeah, cool. Um, well, yeah, I think some other things, we're going to do this over uh, each episode will be a different album, obviously. Uh, well, not obviously. That's That's just what we're doing and nobody knows that yet. Um, but I would like to do stupid things to like track, you know, Dan songs versus Matt songs. Um, yes, that's maybe a like good idea. horror based references. <laughs> um, because I mean, there is a couple even on this first one, but obviously those start to ramp up. They start then, to ramp up huge. Yeah. And then even like, um, <clears throat> the, 
name of the album you know it's sometimes like the name of a song but sometimes it isn't or it's a line from a song or that type of thing so you know seeing who's that belongs to i think that'll be kind of fun to track some of that yeah i ended up watching that little uh um i don't know mini documentary yeah. i don't know what you want to call it yeah for uh god damn it um which i wasn't even aware of until you told me about it and uh it was cool hearing about like uh um like the artwork for that and like their other albums and like, yeah, just kind of, I don't know. just neat. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about the artwork of this. I never even, it wasn't until I watched that documentary thing that came out and that came out for the 10th anniversary of the album. So that in itself is already like 13, 14 years old. Um, yeah. But I never realized, I mean, it's it clear as day in front of you. It's like there's three clocks, or it's one clock, the same clock repeating three times I, at six o'clock. <laughs> six, six, six. Like, oh. I, I didn't notice that until uh, until Heather, Heather. Did she change her last name back? I don't know if she did or not. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. But her uh, former maiden name, but anyway, Heather Gable uh, yeah. did all, you know, all the artwork stuff. And I did, yeah, I didn't realize it until they were kind of like interviewing her, I think it was. And she mentioned that just some picture of some clock she took antique clock in like a friend's house or something or yeah, yeah. it was interesting to um, see like her involvement in the band you know as a friend of the band who kind of came up like not necessarily a member but definitely had her hand in like artwork and design and things like that for them even on this very first record which is kind of interesting yeah um unrelated do you hear uh anything on my end right now any piano being played my neighbor's practicing i'm wondering if i should <laughs> go to a different no. room luckily no i don't uh okay no, I mean, it, uh, worst case in post, I can uh, do some EQ thing on your side. It should, uh, but I honestly don't hear anything, so it should be fine. If you can hear me okay. and you can hear this, this is then we're we're fine. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, um, yeah, let's start going into it, and we'll just talk about the album. And um, I honestly, I don't know the laws uh, of like copyright stuff, so we're not going <laughs> to yeah. listen to the entire songs. I figured just like the first start, maybe get to the chorus and hear the chorus or, you know, just get a taste of the song. Um, I think that's legal. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some time limit that you get. Yeah, for review that. purposes, you know, you can use excerpts. And so each song we have an excerpt sub, so not a big deal. Um, but yeah, this is the first song on the album then. <laughs> a hard pause i was gonna do a fade out in my head i'm thinking what should i do lower it gradually do a hard stop uh should have gradually faded out made a mistake there love that song yeah that's how you start an album off really well like honestly i i've gone through like ah, i don't know what i should listen to i don't know what i should listen to and even if i'm maybe not feeling listening to this album per se like before as soon as you start hearing that song i think having that high tempo like i don't know it just it just feels and sounds good. Like it just gets you going, gets the juices flowing. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it's it's that kind of band, you know. You want to have like the album start off with like something super up tempo, and especially for this album, you know. I mean, um, 
Yeah, there's so many other like songs that I just really, really like off this album. So this one probably, I mean, I, that's a great song, but it probably doesn't really crack like a top three, let's say. Oh, really? Me. You don't think um, that's yeah. top three on this album for you? I don't. I What's haven't that? even attempted to put that like a list of my own of like maybe top songs from the album. Literally, probably should have done that because um, we're going to talk about the album. That's a good idea. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think that might be. I'll try and do a rank. I'll do. I'll do a ranking right now as we're we're doing this. So right now, that's number one. Because okay, well, by listened. default, right now it's number one for me as well. But I can guarantee it's going to slip hard because I'm a big fan of like uh, San Francisco. Okay. Uh, as you were, and my little needle off the top of my head are probably three songs oh, that I think yeah. are higher for me. Those are what the kids call bangers. So yeah, it's true. Huh. Hey, this is a good <laughs> album though. So I mean, even the worst song on this album is still going to be a good song. Um, but yeah, I never initially really thought about what the song meant necessarily. Um, like I don't know, like some of the some of the lyrics. Um, just kind of generally, I, I just wasn't quite sure what he was going for. But in that documentary, he kind of talked about doing like a being like a bike messenger and all that stuff in the dead of winter, just kind of being miserable. It definitely was a song that you could tell was just, you know, like a feel like shit song, you know, type of thing. Like not necessarily like like loathing or like like drowning in yourself type of thing, but definitely just reflecting on just some not good feelings internally, which is. Which is, I think, one of the reasons why I think I still love this band is because they have songs like that. They're not like that, I don't know, there's like pop punk bands or things like that. And and I'm not, no, I'm snap judging them. I've never really been fans of them. But like, I feel like a Newfound Glory song or a Good Charlotte song or something like that, the, the, the person who's singing this song, whether that's legitimately like them as the singers or if that's the character or the emotional person within the center of the song, Always yeah. seems to be the hero or right or never in the wrong, and whoever has wronged them is like a villain. Like Alkaline Trio songs, especially on this album, like, uh, you know, they like reference making a mistake or feeling shitty or being wrong, you know, and, and wronging someone else too, which is, I think, super relatable to a teenager going through an angsty period and like kind of growing yeah. up or as a struggling adult trying to like make things work and everything like it, it's kind of timeless for me uh in that regard you know i don't know if that's getting too deep or not but like i yeah. i mean i never thought of it that way but uh i mean you're totally right like i I've, i can definitely recognize like i've always known that's part of the charm and why I, you know both for uh matt skiba and dan both like yeah. have that in their songwriting whereas you're right like that's probably why a lot of other like uh i mean i don't like pop punk bands, I, I I never really got super into because yeah. a lot of them don't really have that uh, that characteristic. You're right. Yeah. It's like they're always. I mean, like yeah, it doesn't get too much deeper than just like, oh, I'm heartbroken, but it's definitely not my fault. You know? It's yeah. Like, and that's the, what's the weird thing. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's definitely why I I haven't gotten into a lot of other bands, especially seeing like music videos and they're actually attractive, like young like dudes complaining about like having a hard time meeting girls and all that stuff I'm like all right dude like yeah. you know no, no, you don't have you don't have a fucking problem I, I got an acne beard right now i'm fucking 16 yeah. i got i got I, i'm feeling like crap about myself i like to hear about how somebody else is struggling with that not necessarily you know how your perfect little life isn't necessarily working out for you but yeah uh, yeah 
that was and the, yeah, this is unrelated. Those three are by no means like uh, unattractive guys or any of that. And obviously, uh, oh, Derek yeah, yeah. wasn't the drummer at at that time. Yeah. But I, I was watching just randomly on YouTube, like uh, like a more recent performance with like the three of them doing like an acoustic set. And like I'm scrolling down, checking out the comments, and then like somebody's oh, no. just like, "Wow, this band that is great, but just has the worst luck with airlines." Oh, yeah. and, it's true. All, all, <laughs> with Derek now, all three of them, you know, but they're older, you know. Like, yeah, it's just going to happen. But um, yeah, I didn't mean to imply that any member of Alkaline Trio was ugly. Uh, I just think that my internal feelings of myself project on that. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Clarification in case, you know, our future guests, they're probably going to be on the show. So I want to make sure that we don't piss them off first episode. So yeah. all you guys are welcome because you're attractive, smart, <laughs> good looking, intelligent uh, figures to look up to. Uh, but all right, yeah, let's move on to the, the next song. Going to get some hot takes uh, on this one. Right there, good job, Darren. Um, yeah, uh, I mean it's it's directly what it's about. It's called cop, and it's clearly about distaste and some kind of a police official. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Never really been interested to me. Yeah, this song it it just makes no sense like thematically for what the, what the band does from this even within this album and then for the rest of their careers. Like. Um, I will say, like, I don't, like, musically, it's good. Um, oh, yeah. yeah tempo's it's, it's good. Uh, the lyrics good. are pretty weak, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's some fun rhymes in there, and, I mean, I do like the ending, you know, like, it's just this is weird, like, I think Alkaline Trio, again, that's why we're talking about them, because we like them, but, uh, you know, after, um, like, the jailbreak, and after, or after I'm... Uh, get out and after the jailbreak and after I'm through seeing this song, like evolving, like the theme of, yeah. like, I, it's just like playing on itself. I, I really like that. It's creative, but yeah, it doesn't fit. I think that's why I also was never really hooked to it was because it just thematically, it just stands out. It is the sore thumb, like on the album, good song, but like what does this, you know, bad interaction or bad history with cop and policing, um, have to do with like the other songs of you know life but i mean like it's it's just so crappy where it's just, like lyrically where it's like how does it go it's like maybe as a baby someone like stole your rattle or yeah. something along those lines i mean <laughs> whereas if you look at like other types of music like hip-hop specifically their songs that go after the police are just doing it in a more elegant way yeah, well, and, he's, he's and a more fleshed out way than he's than discovering this, this what was maybe that event in life that made this person you know maybe yeah it's a simple act of somebody stole their rattle and uh <laughs> i don't know I, i'm just uh it, musically 
good. Entertaining. Mm-hmm. Again, continues the energy of um, cringe and keeps the album kind of going. And I really think like sequencing and track order on albums, like like there is a important design to that, I think for sure. I think it, yeah. songs three and four is where you really get to like make a statement um, because if you have like too many high energy songs in a row, or then there's a fall off in both tempo and you're listening, like it's never good. So having two songs like this with really good energy, to keep the album like moving. I, I really do like that, but yeah, just the, I think the subject matter, I just never really click with me. Yeah, same. Um, and I think what it was, I think it was mentioned maybe in that goddamn it thing. It was, um, it was like some asshole bike cop or something that they kept having run-ins with, or yeah. that Skiba kept having run-ins with. And, you yeah. know, obviously it, it upset him enough to, like, be angry and want to write a song about it, so. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, I, I think that, but this isn't a fault of theirs. I think there's a ton of bands whose, like, first album or earliest music and all that stuff is, like, they don't really know how to, like, maybe stick to, a like, a, a theme or, like, a, a certain energy or whatever it is that you want to say. Um, I mean, like, we were just talking about AFI earlier, like, they have songs about cereal mascots and uh, high school football hero. And then true dark, weird, sad songs too. So, you know, yeah. you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, maybe if those themes kind of recurred throughout the album, like every few songs or so, it might like make a little more sense to me, but um, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's, it's not a bad song. Yeah. All me. right. Well, let's, but, yeah. let's go to the next one then. Cause you, so, so far then cop is not in your top three. Well, so far we've heard two songs, so it's... Oh, so, <laughs> so, so far Cop that. is in your top three. No, it's, Got it's it. below yeah. cringe for sure. Yeah. Yes, mine as well. I'm doing a little ranking right here. All right, we'll yeah. do the next one. Yeah, that's one of the, yeah, for sure. Like I said earlier, one of my favorites on the album and maybe of theirs in general. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, it's yeah. a top, top song. I mean, I don't know. You got some initial thoughts or anything? I got some stuff I can say too. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that, that song, uh, I just relate to it quite a bit. I mean, um, I think, you know, I've done a decent amount of like flying in my life and it, it just, I think anyone that's ever been to the airport can kind of like, can get that feeling. And, um, yeah, there's been like lots of times where I was like leaving a place, like maybe obviously we don't live close together. So it's like I'll be leaving and it's like, you're thinking about the people that you were just seeing and you know, you're going to miss them and literally just sitting at the airport bar, just knocking them back, you know, and just, um, just, yeah, that feeling of like just taking your seat on the plane, like not really even wanting to leave, you know, just kind of like, uh, for me, that's what it stirs up a lot of, and like I've, I've literally listened to the song on on flights. It's like it's it would be in a playlist if I would, if I'm gonna sit there and like just if I'm in that mood, you know, at the airport or on the flight. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like a a lot of what you just said, I mean, I kind of relate to, not necessarily airline flying for me, but I think it's more of just like leaving where you're at or you maybe you want to be for whatever reason. Oftentimes for me, it's people, and then having to return, you know, back to that you know, daily grind of, you know, whatever that normal life might be for you type of thing. Um, yeah. And I've listened to this a few times, leaving you as well, <laughs> like, you know, visiting and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> getting emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make it good for the podcast, tapping into those emotions. But it's, it's really good. And then it's like, uh, just like a song, like standpoint, the energy of it, like, uh, I, I I would joke when we would record music ourselves together about like a, um, a section of the song like showcasing the music and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think the Alkaline Trio does that so well. And on this album, there's like um, like Nose Over Tails actually coming up next. And once it ends its verse like that second time or the chorus the second time, it's like a minute and a half of just like music. And like yeah. it's like really cool. And like this song, like it starts out with just that really long intro that doesn't need like any lyrics to kind of talk about it to kick off the energy. Um, it's a little bit like not spoken, but like you know, like the vocals are delivered kind of softer. But then once that chorus hits of just like kind of like yelling for it and all that stuff, like just emotionally can kind of get you in that place. Um, yeah. And yeah, and like you know, for me personally, I always take away. You know, it's one of those like, you know, r- relatable bummers of like going back to your normal life and uh, like leaving, you know, maybe where you want to be type of thing. Uh, but yeah. Love this song. Yeah, totally agree. I guess that's probably what most people get from it. Yeah. I mean, um, but you're right about the music. Yeah, I like how it just kind of slowly builds up and then it just blows up, you know, yeah. just like the, that energy. And um, yeah, just such a good song. So good. So good. All right. So that's. That keeps Cop in your top three, because uh, that was the third song on the album. But here's a chance to shake things up. We'll go into the fourth song. I was gonna let it go again, but 
that's almost the whole song if we let it do that and then it just goes <laughs> but that's a really good song and um i think this is the first big call out for me for what i think i love alkaline show for as well again can't really keep saying that over and over again when you're talking about a band you like but this is one of the reasons i like them the weird analogies and metaphors that are like like dark and obscure or whatever um like uh like find time to fake a seizure to fill your mouth on mine, like trying to like convince or not convince, but trying to like get the attention of somebody to like try and find a way that you can maybe trick them into your life to like actually think of you as more, maybe more of a friend or a romantic interest. And I mean, I listen to this song. I think about, you know, my wife, I've been with her forever. Um, I remember just early dating with her and being kind of like just a friend to her and like trying to like find ways to like, how do I convince her to like, maybe like me more than that and everything. And like this song is like one of those ones um, that I just like super relate to just lyrically, just outright, just like maps out just direct feelings I have had and uh, in such a good, with a good music to back it up. But yeah, super love it. Love a song. Yeah. uh, Same. Um, yeah, it's always just been one of my favorite songs on this album. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of, I guess what it makes me think of is probably pretty similar. It's just kind of like, uh, just reminds me of those like earlier kind of, uh, yeah, trying to like, you know, uh, court somebody or whatever, <laughs> try to get their attention, try to like, you know, just like, hey, I exist. And, you know, um, um, there's just a lot of good lines in that one too, though. But uh, yeah, even though it's like super, I didn't realize it was so short, actually, but yeah. Yeah, well, it's a two and a half minutes or whatever, but um, oh. lyrically, it, yeah, like they're over on that. They go the verse second time, the chorus, and then they let that like really cool riff oh, yeah. just kind of like play out and kind of end it, um, which I, yeah. I love that about it. Just showcasing the music. You know? uh, maybe I don't have any <laughs> lyrics for this part. That's okay. I'll just showcase the music. Uh, <laughs> but super good. Let's play the next song. That's uh, that's also that's one of my favorites. Um, I don't know. For me, that song is kind of like when you're just like, maybe you even have like good things going, but you're just really fucking up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. for some reason, you know, you're just not getting it right, and you're kind of like self sabotaging. That's the way I feel. Maybe it's just like you know different things that were going on in my life when I was listening to this or something. But um, yeah, I really like that song. I also like how it just goes straight into that next. Uh, verse afterward you know yeah. just kind of just streams right into it i, I just yeah like it, it, the structure of it it i don't know say it teases you but like it it get bridges and it goes right into what the chorus is like praying for you to fall um but then 
boom, like it's just on a repetition right back into that second verse and just like the energy of that nonstop singing and like kind of going through, it's like really cool. Like, I don't know. I really like that about it um, because then it like decompresses as I fade it out there. Like they really slow down the song and let the, let the tempo just kind of like, you know, not half speed, but do it does drop um, to kind of like breathe a little bit because it was so frantic and like kinetic to like push forward with all of that lyrics and all that uh, message to then just like take a pause. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the same thing, like you're kind of saying, like, um, like the lyrics, a feeling in my gut, lacking sunshine, you know, like you just, it's really good. Like it paints a really good picture. Like, you know, as a human being, you've probably gone through time, like whether it was legitimately down in the dumps, like a bad time in your life or wouldn't, like you even said, like things could be fine, but you just can't muster up like whatever that feeling to be positive about it or see the glass half full in those moments. And you're just kind of like stuck, even like for me trying to have a creative outlet or something like that. And just not even like, I'll just sit on the couch and like literally do nothing. When I know absolutely everything in me wants to do something different, I'm not doing anything different and it's myself only to blame. And then, you know, days and days go by and you realize, wow, it's been three months. haven't done a thing. And you know, all because of me, um, but yeah, like really good. It's it's sad. I mean, it's a it's a bummer song, but I think why I love music is because to me um it's it's weird because like coworkers, you know, they look at me and somebody called me a rocker dude the other day and I was like, I, you know, I shivered a little bit like <laughs> I'm not a rocker dude, but okay. Uh, cuz they think I just listen to like loud screaming music about like, you know, killing things and smashing stuff and uh uh, and that's just really not how I interpret it, you know? Like, even if songs are about killing things and smashing stuff, I think, like, talking about that, having a song about that um, is kind of like, you kind of will it into existence to think about, but then that's where you just let it, like, live and die. Cool, that's it. Because in life, I'm not going to be that way, or I'm not going to allow those things to happen to me. Like, um, to, to pretend a negative thought never enters your mind or to be overly positive and overly optimistic and ignore any of the worst case things that can happen. Like that's not a way I, that I could live. So in music, yeah. hearing those pessimistic or negative or th- uh, like thoughts like this, that you do have t- from time to time, like it's a good way to just like recognize them so you can call them out and then like move past them. And this is like a really good song for that for me. Yeah, totally. Uh, next jam. So where'd you go? How was your vacation home? Well, obviously you Too busy for me So this is how you leave me I'm broken hearted on the floor My tears seep through the crack under my door Where I am locked in Shut down, I'm so 
That's a good line right there at the end. Boom, left left field on that one. Yeah, that's a huge switch up for like just tempo and everything on the album to this point where it just um and then also if you're just somebody listening to the band, it's like, well, now this other guy's singing and the song sounds totally different. <laughs> yeah. But I mean one hundred percent. For one, like the acoustic song isn't necessarily new. Uh I mean, I guess ninety eight, like, you know, for a like I I'm not gonna say I I'm not gonna say it. Whatever. For a punk band, okay, I said it. Because uh, people will try and reclassify them, whatever. I'm very loose with my genres, I guess. But um, I think dropping that acoustic song in the middle of an album was pretty abnormal. You know, I think for like the last track or a bonus track or like something like that, you know, sure. But um, I, I mean, like, and pop punk bands going forward, I think definitely like continued to like have like a, a song like this on their album. But this album has two really but yeah this is the first chance you get to hear dan sing and it's like right in the middle of the album with just purely acoustic which i think is awesome i think it's a great song um and i really think it's cool because it's like this was definitely rolling the dice like you know how are they going to get people like you know like into the album or through the album and all that stuff um and i think by doing this was a pretty bold choice but i think it works for me yeah, I, I like the song still. Um, it's just, it is kind of a shock. Just, you know, it's just, yeah, you're right. Middle of the album, just drop an acoustic song. It's not something that you normally have happen. Um, um, I really, I like the song though. And I think, I remember this, this album got remastered, didn't it? At yes. some point. Technically, we were listening to that remastered one. It wasn't. I mean, I haven't listened I re- to the two side by side necessarily to like try and pick them out, but it was like remixed and stuff like that. I just remember being able to enjoy the Dan songs a lot more after that remaster because I, yeah, yeah. Um, there's just I don't know what it was. Yeah, it's just like his voice isn't it, it comes off fine, but it's like uh, I don't know. He just says a lot. He just sounds a lot better. I don't know if it's like him just getting better. I'm sure it's some of him getting better as a vocalist and stuff, but like and better recording stuff, but like. It's like just night and day from like this early stuff to like what he ends up doing later on. Um, oh yeah, okay. You're, you're talking about even later songs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this still yeah, later, stands later, with yeah. me. Like to him, I definitely. I don't know. I think for that acoustic song, I think that they knowingly, you know, wanted that vocal take to be a, maybe a little bit raw and a little bit. Um, I don't know. Not necessarily, like the best performance because that wasn't the point, you know, and having it being a little bit raw kind of fits in with the, the talk of the, like the lyrics and everything, which you know again is not being good enough and, and kind of like missing out on somebody that maybe got away type of thing. Um, which yeah. I really, like I, 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 I enjoy the song. He does lay it on a little thick at times to be honest yep. with you for me on that one. Yeah. Um, but I'm still a fan of it. I mean, yeah. you know, the, uh, that documentary, um, little thing, mini doc whatever you whatever you want to call it I forget what they called it um but it's called it goddamn it seemed like huh? yeah um but matt skiba responded to this song or, or in a comment saying that hearing this song kind of inspired her to kind of um kick his game up a little bit and you know be a little bit like like raw and vulnerable but um and also like with that kind of acoustic song and all that stuff too so um it's interesting to see that as like collaborators and his bandmates that you know, they were trying to like one up, not one up, but they were feeding off each other's like energy and, and quality. I'm sure if like one person wrote a great song that made that other person go back and like, you know, try and do even better, which I think helps the band. Yeah. Yeah. 
this was obviously their first band. Uh, we didn't talk about it before necessarily, but they only had um, a demo and I think like a, a two-song EP type of thing. But both of those were done with the previous bassist. So this was like Dan going into the recording studio for the first time with them, and he was um, kind of falling out with a previous band already that um, that they talk about in, again, uh, he had like a tour to go on with the band Tuesday. And so he had to do his recording parts and everything like pretty quickly in the first couple of days here. And then he was gone. And then the rest of the band like finished up the album. Um, and I think it's kind of funny because they do call out, um, the, I think we'll hear it in a little bit, but the backing vocals that they technically yeah. recorded his backing vocals. They knew where they fit. They knew where it was in the song and all that stuff, but he recorded his backing vocals before Matt even had his lead vocals down. Uh, it's so, just such a crazy thought, right? Like, yeah, just, we have to get it done. Well, uh, we've played this and we've practiced this song enough. Uh, I know where to start singing this. Uh, I'll go ahead and just record that and you guys can patch it in later, huh? Yeah, it's also crazy. I think I forget the exact amount, but wasn't it like Mike Park from Asian Man Records pretty much tells him get it done as cheaply as possible? Yeah. And I think it ends up coming to like $800 or something like that. Yeah, they said it was like $1,000 to record the entire album. And like, I just can't even imagine. Like, just go, you know, like. It was like less than a week, too, that they did it as well. Um, yeah, which is nuts because. I mean, you can't really tell from the sound of it. Like, it just sounds like a really good album. But to know that it was, you know, Robert Rodriguez style, like, you know, shot (laughs) on like this, you know, we're just going to get it done however we can type of budget. And uh, it just came out awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Well, let's uh, go on to the next one. What's the next song? good song um that is one that might like some of the songs on here i think now that i i haven't i don't listen to it with the frequency that i used to it maybe not so much but that used to be a song that was like pretty burnt out for me um just from not that i don't like it but it's from listening to it like way too much oh yeah 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 but um i don't feel that way anymore which is good because it's a really good song yeah Um, trying to be objective as if not necessarily your first listen but like at peak interest in the album, where did that hit? Because yeah, same thing. Like, I mean, all these songs, like I've heard a million times versus some of their new, newer albums, you know, for mm-hmm. a dozen or less, you know, times. So, um, it is tough sometimes. So you can burn yourself out on it, uh, for sure. But yeah, this is one of those ones I think too, that, um, I mean, like it kicks the energy up at the right, you know, obviously coming out of the acoustic song, it just kind of brings you right back into album album speed, if you want to say that. Um, we heard like those like backing vocals from Dan. They, were, they fit. They were like right where they needed to be and all that stuff. But like to know that those were there first before <laughs> Matt went on and sang his parts. I, I also always wondered, he probably didn't have to hear Dan's 
lines like in his like headphones when he was recording his lines um but at, to try and like line them up right i wonder if he did try and have those played and he was maybe syncing his like delivery to when he started to hear dan come in i don't know but it just seems like an extra layer of just interest there on, on the recording process but a good kind of sappy love song um not necessarily sappy but you know pretty direct and to the point and all that stuff and being infatuated mm-hmm. with somebody yeah. and everything um really really good and really good energy too yeah you can definitely relate to that song obviously you know it's just like you meet somebody and then like you know for the next whatever period of time hopefully a long you know a good long time uh you just have that stupid smile on your face you're just like literally feel like you're on top of the world just like you know so just like stoked on life you know just yeah like um get those feels um, oh, yeah. I will admit an embarrassing story. Uh, Clavicle wasn't sure where on the human anatomy that was when I first heard the song. I thought it was like like an inner thigh area for some reason. I thought like the femur or like you know like the big bone in your leg was the clavicle. So in my head, I'm down like, and dirty, huh? yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, this person's like really into this person. They want to just do that that, that ultimate personal um, like connection and. Uh, and uh, no, yeah. that wasn't the clavicle. I've now learned where it actually is. It's yeah. not dance it's actually, The song's about eating ass, I think, is what it really <laughs> comes down to. <laughs> the old butt bone. Um, yeah, good song. But we'll... Uh, we'll ke- oh, did I rank that? Yes, I did. Okay. Moving on to the next eighth song. So, or that was what's, this? The, what's the title of this next song, though? My Little Needle. Danielle in the back there too <laughs> hearing that <laughs> like, yeah there's certain songs where for me it's just like it's just really worse you know with those backing vocals being the way they are and this is for sure one of them where it's just like part of like the oh I love the way it's the sounds. song you know you, yeah. just, you just love it yeah yeah um uh super good like legitimately yeah. uh one of my favorite songs by this band of their entire catalog um I I really like it a lot too because um, of the tempo, like it's not like a driving energy. It's like this, like medium tempo energy and all that stuff. But it still has like that heaviness, that weight, that kind of like dirty feel of like this older Alkaline Trio, um, like sound. Like it's just really good. But it's just it's weird because I remember being like you know younger. You wanted to find like, um, 
not necessarily abrasive like punk music or anything, but you know, if you wanted to, to have like an edge or be cool, you wanted to listen to like tough or like crazy or outlandish stuff. Um, you know, this like my favorite stuff on this is the stuff that isn't doing that. That's actually trying like something different and like this mid tempo song that still carries the same weight as um, you know other bands like best stuff, but at a mid tempo. Like it's really cool. Good song. Yeah, yeah, and you told me an interesting thing about the song. You know, obviously, My Little Needle is the title of the song. It's oh, like, yeah. for the longest time, I was like, man, I guess, you know, Skeebs must have had some kind of drug issues or something. Because, you know, then in the, like, the later albums, it's not just based on this one song, but other kind of like references to maybe something, yeah. you know. I'm not say- saying that that's what he's referencing in any of the songs. It's just like you you make your own interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, no, you told me that you, you know, Got to the bottom of it, and found out that it was about uh, a needle for his record player. <laughs> well, so it was like, like totally, you know, like totally, like now. And I, this was like maybe two weeks ago. You told me this, so like my, my entire life to this point, I thought that, you know. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, too, the play on the the finding a needle in the haystack, you know, finding that person to like, yeah. But um, I think that I've read in interviews they have like had to address, like, no, it's not about like drug use or anything, but like. It does. It, it just reads that way. If you were to interpret it based on you know those types of, you know the the moment, the era, the type of bands, like similar bands, you know, and and like that party kind of lifestyle, like a touring band and everything. Um, and like the rest of the song, like the context in the song, kind of seems like you know, uh, you know, somebody kind of down the dumps a little bit, down on their luck, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but it's just searching. Happy for that that's right not person, what it's about. You're wrong, but. Uh, but yeah, that's it's always good. Good energy, good song, good good jam. Yeah, uh, let's move it on to the next one. Southern Rock is the next song. Another good use of uh, starting soft and then building to that like hit of sound, like that overly dynamic, just kind of like punch. Um, I read something about how like the Pixies, um, you know, would do that a lot, you know, have the kind of quiet, like a lull, kind of calm, and then to like a really high sonic um, like chorus or like, you know, a loud point in the song that Nirvana kind of ripped off and then like the Foo Fighters follow and like a lot of bands do that, you know, but just to have that sonic difference, you know, between the two things kind of deliberately designed that way too, um, kind of just makes songs pop, but also makes those like choruses pop. I think, you know, when that energy just kind of hits to 10 when it was kind of calmer and stuff. Um, but love that. Yeah. I've always been a fan of that one. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, like the kind of, you know, darker or like darker, but also kind of funny lyrics or something that Alkaline Trio does even on this album, on that song, and then continuing on. But 
I think I think this is one of the more blatant songs where they kind of have like you know the the evil ways or whatever you know yeah. kind of uh, type of with stolen wings know. and evil ways. Yeah, and yeah, they're kind of cheesy, but like you know dark kind of stuff yeah. going on. Um, I definitely think that this is the for the darkness count. This is the first one. This is one. To my knowledge, yeah, I, I, I was just looking from at the previous that, songs. Yeah, I don't think that they really overtly did it. And what's no, obviously, I, <laughs> um, like what's been spoken about too, is the song is is kind of just about like the Church of Satan and Anton Lavey, and um, like that's just where the inspiration came from for Matt Skiba and everything, which I think's just been kind wow. of interesting. I mean, you hear it in obviously the lyrics and everything, um, but just kind of. Uh, that kind of that silly feeling about you know God and the devil and kind of being tongue in cheek about it all uh, and everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that generic mockery of like all satanic music is you know the, the devil and they're going to ruin you and possess you and kill you. In reality, that's not what people are taking away from the church of saint. Not that I know much about that at all myself, but yeah, praise Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Jesus, you suck. Uh, oh man, we're alienating fans. Uh, no, straight down the middle here. Uh, WWJD. Uh, <laughs> Is that straight down the middle? That no, seems not, like the other yeah. extreme now. How do you back out of this? I don't want to make. I want to make sure people know I'm not religious, but I also don't want to overly offend them. Well, you said two things. Now you said the one thing that Je- was Jesus sucks. maybe offensive, but then you threw out the WWJD. So I think you're even, Stevens. Right there, you go. No. There we go. Right in the middle. Jesus sucks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, good song though. Anything else that stands out to you about that one? Um, no, and like it's a good song and everything. Um, it's just there's a lot of good songs on this album, so that one probably not as high ranking for me. Interested. Uh, I'm curious to see how this finally shakes up. Then uh, a couple more yeah. songs left on it. We have one, two, three songs left. The next song is "Message from Kathleen." song so that's dan counter two two dan so far yeah i don't remember him getting a whole lot of songs on these early albums it seems like they'd maybe give him three songs or so or i don't want to say give him i don't really know how what the process was it just worked out that way yeah. i guess maybe because he was busy with just other projects or something or who knows but um i feel like that that number get, goes up some in those maybe more recent albums yeah yeah i think there's definitely a a, a bigger split in the future than what this had um yeah 
reading, obviously going coming into this and reading up about the album a little bit. Uh, this is actually a song I guess Dan had prepared and was going to potentially bring to his Tuesday bandmates and just have it be um, like a Tuesday song, but never quite did, knowing that his foot was kind of half in, half out because they weren't necessarily going where they wanted to go with or for him anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of a straightforward song in his mind, but then once the drummer they had at the tent um, time here, um, Glenn Porter, he like punched it up with just kind of like that that kind of fun, bouncy energy that it has, uh, which I think gives it that kind of more unique Alkaline Trio sound and isn't just a generic, like, one, two, three, four, you know, kind of, like, pop-punk, you know, ode. But really good. Yeah, just, I mean, just a song, another song kind of about, you know, love and wanting to be good enough for somebody and everything. I line them up, I'll listen to them and knock them down every time. I'm a fan. It's it's a recurring theme for sure, but uh, same. Yeah, I I like that song. Yeah. and that's interesting you said that about the drumming, because that's like actually one of my favorite parts about that song. Yeah. I uh you probably know, but I love a good play on the hi hats. Yeah. anytime a song does that, like I'm into it. Uh luckily Alkaline True has been blessed, blessed, hashtag blessed, um, with uh good drummers in their career. Um I mean they've had what, three or whatever. This guy, Glenn here, on these first two albums was excellent. And then when they got Derek, like, that dude's fantastic and is an amazing musician. And not yeah. just on the drums. Like, he plays other instruments, too. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, really fun. Uh, definitely punched up the song, like, with those with that drumming. And I've always loved Matt's guitar playing anyway, but that song just has just a really solid energy to it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you're noodling over there on your list. We're going to play Trouble Breathing. are great there uh yeah <laughs> didn't mean to fade out too soon but that's that song again showcased the music like it's almost a minute before the vocals kick in there uh like a great intro um to just a super solid song um yeah it's kind of a depressing song from what i was reading about but 
what, what are some of your thoughts? Uh, yeah, lyrically, it's on the darker side of things, I think. Uh, um, yeah, it's like one of those, it's, this is probably another example of where I just really, really like the Dan backing vocals where it's like, it, this album would be so much different if it didn't have this weird quirk where it was like, oh, he's got to crank out these vocals before, you know, and just the way that it all it works out. Um, yeah. There's a couple songs where I just can't imagine it being any other way. Like the way it just. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they, um, like if they would have had them there, would they have like mixed them or, or because they didn't have them there, did they mix them a little bit lower? So they weren't as present. Whereas if he was there live and they were able to like get like, a, I don't want to say a better take. Cause I don't think there's anything wrong with them, but, um, but yeah, if it could have played out differently type of thing, but just love it. I love it when they, when they both sing on a song together, you know, rather than just being independently a Dan song or a Matt song, like when there's a way for them to just be both together, it usually makes something really good. Um, and this is proof of that. Yeah. And they don't, they do it sometimes, but it's not something they've ever really done a ton of, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think it would sound a lot different if they did it the other way, because that's like one of uh, Dan's biggest gripes about this is that, you know, he'll hear his backing vocals or even like some of his vocals on the album apparently and just be like, yeah, not a little bit, you know, he also talks about his noodling of the bass because in Tuesday he was a guitar (laughs) player. And so he came to play bass in alkaline show and he really wanted to do well. So he really just went to 11 with just like, like, like all of the playing, like tried to just make everything interesting and not really like kind of phone in anything. And so because of that, like he, he, I guess they talk about it, um, you know, they call it noodling, like too much Mm -hmm. noodling. Uh, And you can kind of hear that in some of the songs. And this song, like it's a really like kind of like a heavy like bass and I really love the sound of it, but um, it does make sense. I mean, you know, for it to be a newer instrument for him, he still knows how to write a song and, you know, the, the songs have a really great identity to them. So I really dig it. Uh, but last song on the album. Uh, sorry about that. It's the final song. It hasn't been that long since we drank to the sunset. Until it was gone Down with it went our pain and fear As we slowly broke contact more and more With every beer And we passed out in each other's arms Both admitting we'd never felt better Stitch your clothing We were both deeply in disguise And and maybe I just set aside The fact that you were broken hearted My own special selfish way And if I hadn't set aside Fade out on that chorus there Uh there's that acoustic song. That's an acoustic Matt song. Kind yeah. of where you'd expect it to be at the end of the song. Um, so they both, Dan and Matt, get to split one of those. 
uh, on the album, and I think they're both great. I think I've said yeah, that they're both really song. good. It makes you wonder whether it's just like, well, we both have really good ones, and they're both going to be on the album now. And that kind of, I mean, you're not going to end like the album like the last two songs being like that same yeah. type of thing, you know. So maybe they just kind of, well, this is a good spot to put it put it in track five, you know, instead of yeah, instead of the, to, to tail in and bookend the album. Um, and that's another good one, kind of like, um, what, kind of like As You Were, um, it's not a song that, like, paints, you know, him as a singer or whoever the perspective of the song is about in, like, a positive light. It's just kind of about, yeah. you know, somebody who, you know, kind of fucked up and, um, is recognizing that later and it doesn't change the fact that, you know, they ruined or hurt or, um, kind of ended a friendship or relationship, you know. Uh, at some point in their life, uh, which is, again, it's just different to hear a band not make themselves out to be the hero of the story and instead are just kind of truthfully like sharing the good and bad of it all. Yeah, I don't know. It's a really relatable song. I mean, I, I, I like it quite a bit. It's uh, a little bit of a bummer song also, again, yeah. you know, there's quite a few of those on here. But um... I like that. I mean, but I like ending this the album on that again. Bold choice because... Um, it just kind of leaves you on a like a downbeat emotionally. Uh, but yeah. if you were to let that thing just play right over again, you would be introduced with cringe, and that energy would hit, and then like you're just back onto like another good cycle. Like uh, it's just a really good flow to the album. I don't think that I would, um, you know, change the track order or anything myself. You know, I, I mean, I definitely like songs, you know, more than others, but I wouldn't like front load it with all my favorites or anything. I think it flows really well with the way that they have it here. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, the album is a little bit front loaded, though, honestly, Interesting. for some of my favorites. Well, I guess it's kind of a mixed bag here, actually. But. Well, let's. Uh, so as far as our, our ongoing, long running statistical counters that we're going to have here, uh, we got 10. There's 12 songs on the album. Ten of them were Matt led. Two of them were Dan led. Uh, yeah. our, our darkness count is that one. Um, so uh, Southern Rock. I mean, trouble breathing. Trouble is, breathing, but it's it's more of that like. Uh, that's still quite an individual, like personal it's darkness, but not like the evil, yeah, right? Like, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he wrote that song about a, a friend of his who passed away and everything, but he doesn't. He's not, not referencing, you know, referencing the darkness. It is just a dark song. So that's where we're going forward in that with that darkness count. And to be clear, we're these are references uh, to the band The Darkness. I think, yeah, right? I believe in a thing called or the comic book series. Or uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Well, then let's break it down. You've got a list. I've got a list in favorite order. I will tell you, Cop did not make my top eleven. Unfortunately, um, it was a tough, tough order. But Cop did not make top eleven. Uh, you want? I want you to read read your list first. Just in its entirety, right now. Bang it out. What's number one? You don't want to go one and then one. Okay, we can alternate. Two. We can alternate. What's your one? Uh, my number one, is, it ends up being, and honestly, with this list, like it could be a little bit different. Like, Oh, I, I for sure. Think, I, but it could be different like a week from now. I plugged a few in where I was like, well, no, I, I just love this song. And well, no. So I definitely think that, yeah, you catch me on a different day of the week. I'm probably going to, I could shuffle things up a little bit. Yeah. So there might be some change, you know, but, but, with just right now, you know, and, that and time the ones of that recording. are in the top are always in the top, just a matter of, you know. So, number one, I, I did go with uh, San Francisco. San Fran, or F- Frisco, as they call it. Um, yeah, 
Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I I went My Little Needle. Wow. Yeah, My Little Needle is, I think, the best song on the album. Um, yeah. I like it uh, just because of the content of the lyrics as well as the style of the song and everything. Um, it just just jumps out to me for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to argue with it yeah. on that. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a good song. So what did um, you, you number two it? What'd you do? Number two, I went with uh, As You Were. As you were. Oh, okay. My number Big fan two. Of that one, yeah. My number two is San Fran, or Frisco. Okay. I forget what you guys call it. Um, but yeah, and the city or San Francisco. I think are just the normal. Word. Yeah, there's like there has so many nicknames. So yeah, that's why you never know what to go with. There's like four or five they can go with. So yeah, San Fran number two. There's a lot of nicknames that everyone outside the state likes to use. Sure, but uh, Frisky, yeah. Frisky Frisco. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what's your number three? Number three, I, I went with My Little Needle. My Little Needle. Okay. My Little Needle. Uh, nose Over Tail was my three. Huh. So, yeah. have the, Our lists are not drastically different, actually. I don't, yeah. um, so, number four. Okay. For my you. number four is Nose Over Tail. Okay. Number, number four for me, Trouble Breathing. Uh, I, Oof, wow. Yeah, that, that's, I think it's higher... On my list, I don't know. I it, I just think it's a good song. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you send me watch a good sad movie or a good sad song or a good sad book. I'm gonna not book, comic book, um, and I'll uh, I'll get behind it. So uh, something about that one always just it's always when it comes to that time in the album too. Like I know the album's coming to an end. Um, you know, you get sad about it. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's it right there. All right, so number five for you. Oh, real quick though, that one um, I don't think we got that far because obviously we were uh, we don't have t- it's time constraints. Really, we could play the entire songs if we wanted to. Yeah, but we're, everyone we're choosing not to because of time constraints. But um, I think that one has some really good like uh, Dan harmonizing a little bit. Oh later yeah, in that yep. song, yeah, yep. Like, yeah. What are we on then? Five, five, five for you. So five, I went with uh, clavicle. Clavicle, okay. Uh, five for me, Southern Rock. Interesting. Give me that darkness. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, that's a good one. Okay, so this will be six for you. So this is going to be the top half of your album. Yeah. Um, hmm, okay, well, actually, that, that's funny because I made a statement before this about like theoretical rankings. Uh, number six was Cringe. Cringe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good good one too. I honestly like they're like you said like they're these could shift during you know you catch me on a different week or whatever. Um, the only one I know is going to be my final one would always stay at my final spot, but uh, otherwise they're pretty pretty set in their areas. Uh, mine after Southern Rock was sorry about that. Uh, the Matt's acoustic song that is my okay. sixth favorite song yeah. on the album at the time of this recording. Sorry, what was that? I said it's it's uh, my sixth favorite song on this album at the time of this recording. Gotcha. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. Um, okay, seven. Seven. Uh, message from Kathleen. Message from Kathleen. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah I've always yeah. been a big fan. Yeah, I put uh, as you were right here, so lower on my list than it is on yours. That was number two for me. Yeah, yeah, but it's still it's still a good song though. So yeah, yeah. Uh, eight for you. 
Eight for me is Southern Rock. Southern Rock, okay, yep. Uh, a few spots lower than when I would have placed it. Mine was Cringe, was my eight. Again, it was my number one favorite song when we first started listening to this album, but uh, it definitely, <laughs> it, it had to just shift as songs were coming. Uh, so what, is it eight or nine for you? Nine for you. Going on to nine now, yeah. So nine for me was uh, Sorry About That. Sorry About That. Um, yep. About that. Sorry about that, number nine, yeah. Yeah, number nine for me, Clavicle, which is hmm. weird. Like, I thought that would place higher, but, you know, as we're listening to them, I'm just trying to, like, you know, go into my head, what's the decision? I just kind of let the songs fall where they fell, and that pushed that to me all the way to number nine, though it's a great song. It was really hard, yeah. Towards the end of that album, it was like, oh, man, this is a lot harder than I thought. Uh, yeah, so what are you on? Ten? Ten. Number ten. And 10 was uh, Trouble Breathing. Trouble Breathing. Uh, 10 for me, Message from Kathleen. Uh, it's odd. The way that this shakes out, actually, that I'm looking at it, the two Dan songs are, like, in the bottom for me. But I do, again, I do like them. I mean, it's not a fault of the song. It's just a, it's a recognition of the album as being that great. 11. Yeah. 11 um, for you. 11 then? Yeah, so uh, where are we at here? Oh, so that uh, enjoy your day? Enjoy your day, yep. And then that means cop is your final uh, yes, 12. Yeah. So yes, so obviously the same, it's, I think the same for you, right? Enjoy it your is. Day enjoy your day yeah. and cop are my 11 and 12 on my <laughs> list. Enjoy your day has like a lot of a lot that I do like about it. It just gets laid on a little bit too thick there on that second half for me where it's just like, it's just, uh, it's a good song though, absolutely, but um, yeah, literally the only, I mean, I, I like, like the song. It's a great song. Uh, I think I said that about all 12 songs except for Cop. Um, yes. Yeah, Cop is the only one that, like, again, I wouldn't touch the album. I wouldn't change it. But when I do listen to it, if I know that I'm not going to hear the whole album, when Cop comes on, I skip it. It's a skip song for me. So yeah. uh, that's it's just, that will never, like, change for me. Um, but the rest of those songs I still think are very solid, and that makes up a really, you know, amazing album. So... Um, now going forward though, as we do future episodes with future albums, we got to start ranking the albums where we think, you know, uh, so God damn oh. it, maybe I'll catch fire. We got to, got to start sorting the album order in our, in our heads too. Um, yeah. Okay. Just to have just stats, you know, stats, mm-hmm. well, if ESP never picked this up, we want to make sure they can put a lot of stuff up on the screen to just kind of break yeah. down the. We've got a lot of different analytics about what the next future songs might even sound like based yeah. on all this historical data here. So. With algorithms in place, we might be able to just generate one and it'll just be a hit out of the, out of the gate. <laughs> cool. Well, um, then that's, that's God Damn It. That's a great album. That's the first album of many great albums. As of right now, they're at, what, nine albums that they have? We've got quite a few episodes to go through. Um, legitimately... Uh, it's just an excuse for the two of us to kind of talk and reflect on the album. Um, maybe if you're listening to it and you're interested in it, um, you know, kind of get your own thoughts going about it and, you know, your own rankings, your own favorite memories of some of these things. And do you have a good time with it? If not, uh, don't listen to the next episodes because it's going to be the exact same thing going forward. <laughs> uh, anything you want to say before then we technically wrap on this? No, not really. I mean, I'm excited to do the rest of them. Um, yeah, this is just like a really high point to start at. So I'm, I am yeah. curious to see how um, how everything stacks up. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
Well, then, uh, until the next episode, everybody, have a good rest of your day. That's not going to be the every episode ending, but that's what I got right now. <laughs>